chapter ten of france and england in north america part three la salle discovery of the great west this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org la salle discovery of the great west by francis parkman jr chapter ten sixteen seventy nine the launch of the griffin the niagara portage a more important work than that of the warehouse at the mouth of the river was now to be begun this was the building of a vessel above the cataract the small craft which had brought la motte and hennepin with their advance party had been hauled to the foot of the rapids at lewiston and drawn ashore with a capstan to save her from the drifting ice her lading was taken out and must now be carried beyond the cataract to the calm water above the distance to the destined point was at least twelve miles and the steep heights above lewiston must first be climbed this heavy task was accomplished on the twenty second of january the level of the plateau was reached and the file of burdened men some thirty in number toiled slowly on its way over the snowy plains and through the gloomy forests of spruce and naked oak trees while hennepin plodded through the drifts with his portable altar lashed fast to his back they came at last to the mouth of a stream which entered the niagara two leagues above the cataract and which was undoubtedly that now called cayuga creek trees were felled the place cleared and the master carpenter set his shipbuilders at work meanwhile two mohican hunters attached to the party made bark wigwams to lodge the men hennepin had his chapel apparently of the same material where he placed his altar and on sundays and saints days said mass preached and exhorted while some of the men who knew the gregorian chant lent their aid at the service when the carpenters were ready to lay the keel of the vessel la salle asked the friar to drive the first bolt but the modesty of my religious profession he says compelled me to decline this honour fortunately it was the hunting season of the iroquois and most of the seneca warriors were in the forests south of lake erie yet enough remained to cause serious uneasiness they loitered sullenly about the place expressing their displeasure at the proceedings of the french one of them pretending to be drunk attacked the blacksmith and tried to kill him but the frenchman brandishing a red-hot bar of iron held him at bay till hennepin ran to the rescue when as he declares the severity of his rebuke caused the savage to desist the work of the shipbuilders advanced rapidly and when the indian visitors beheld the vast ribs of the wooden monster their jealousy was redoubled a squaw told the french that they meant to burn the vessel on the stocks all now stood anxiously on the watch cold hunger and discontent found imperfect antidotes in taunty's energy and hennepin's sermons suffering and discontent la salle was absent and his lieutenant commanded in his place hennepin says that taunty was jealous because he the friar kept a journal and that he was forced to use all manner of just precautions to prevent the italian from seizing it the men being half starved 
in consequence of the loss of their provisions on lake ontario were restless and moody and their discontent was fomented by one of their number who had very probably been tampered with by la salle's enemies the senecas refused to supply them with corn and the frequent exhortations of the recollet father proved an insufficient substitute in this extremity the two mohicans did excellent service bringing deer and other game which relieved the most pressing wants of the party and went far to restore their cheerfulness la salle meanwhile had gone down to the mouth of the river with a sergeant and a number of men and here on the high point of land where fort niagara now stands he marked out the foundations of two block houses then leaving his men to build them he set out on foot for fort frontenac where the condition of his affairs demanded his presence and where he hoped to procure supplies to replace those lost in the wreck of his vessel it was february and the distance was some two hundred and fifty miles through the snow-encumbered forests of the iroquois and over the ice of lake ontario two men attended him and a dog dragged his baggage on a sledge for food they had only a bag of parched corn which failed them two days before they reached the fort and they made the rest of the journey fasting the ship finished during his absence tonti finished the vessel which was of about forty-five tons burden as spring opened she was ready for launching the friar pronounced his blessing on her the assembled company sang te deum cannon were fired and french and indians warmed alike by a generous gift of brandy shouted and yelped in chorus as she glided into the niagara her builders towed her out and anchored her in the stream save at last from incendiary hands and then swinging their hammocks under her deck slept in peace beyond reach of the tomahawk the indians gazed on her with amazement five small cannon looked out from her portholes and on her prow was carved a portentous monster the griffin whose name she bore in honor of the armorial bearings of frontenac la salle had often been heard to say that he would make the griffin fly above the crows or in other words make frontenac triumph over the jesuits they now took her up the river and made her fast below the swift current at black rock here they finished her equipment and waited for la salle's return but the absent commander did not appear the spring and more than half of the summer had passed before they saw him again at length early in august he arrived at the mouth of the niagara bringing three more friars for though no friend of the jesuits he was zealous for the faith and was rarely without a missionary in his journeys like hennepin the three friars were all flemings one of them melithon watu was to remain at niagara the others zenobi membre and gabriel ribord were to preach the faith among the tribes of the west ribord was a hale and cheerful old man of sixty-four he went four times up and down the lewiston heights while the men were climbing the steep pathway with their loads it required four of them well stimulated with brandy to carry up the principal anchor destined for the griffin la salle brought a tale of disaster his enemies bent on ruining the enterprise 
had given out that he was embarked on a hare-brained venture from which he would never return his creditors excited by rumors set afloat to that end had seized all his property in the settled parts of canada though his signory of fort frontenac alone would have more than sufficed to pay all his debts there was no remedy to defer the enterprise would have been to give his adversaries the triumph that they sought and he hardened himself against the blow with his usual stoicism End of chapter ten